there's a lot of factors and with a, a slightly larger budget, you can really build out a full strategy to ensure you're funding all of those audiences a full funnel strategy. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't test it out with smaller numbers. So it really, it does come down to what you are trying to accomplish. Hi, and welcome to Startup Marketing, the podcast created with female founders in mind. I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, and I'm a marketing coach who teaches female startups how to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I spent 10 years working in the corporate world before starting Authentic, and no matter where I'm working, I love branding and marketing. And now I'm here to break down my exact blueprint to starting a business, branding it, and marketing it for growth. Together, we can build something crazy successful. Let's get started. A lot of questions about myself. Samantha and I connected via one of my favorite networking groups, Hey Mama, and I'm so glad because she has a ton of great information to share. So without further ado, let's dive in. Moms have successful, fulfilling careers and businesses so they can be the moms they want to be. She believes in the power of social media advertising and works with her clients to create data-driven strategies that deliver results. Her services include done-for-you managed programs, single-day or week-long training programs, and she's launching a new course in early 2021. Hey, Samantha, and welcome to Startup Marketing. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. I'm excited to have you here. Tell me a little bit about your background and what it is you do. Yeah, so I have spent the past roughly 12 years working in digital marketing. I've worked at various media agencies and on in-house teams, helping brands across a variety of industries plan and execute their digital marketing programs to help them achieve their business goals. And I recently started my own company where I focus on helping mom-owned businesses grow by leveraging social media advertising. Super cool. So tell us why specifically do you focus on social media and especially paid social? Yeah. So with social media, I have, I've done a ton of social media marketing throughout my career and I've seen the power both professionally and personally that social media ads can bring to a business. I, it's one of the most efficient ways to market your, your message and when you look at the numbers behind who, how many people are on Facebook and Instagram and just like everyone is on at least one social platform, you can find your audience and you can really tailor your messaging to that audience based on the way that you're able to target. So there's just so much power behind that data and what you can achieve with social media marketing. And when I decided to start my business, I really wanted to marry that passion I have for social media advertising with this passion I have for being a mom and wanting to find a really uh, successful and fulfilling career myself while also being able to balance being the, the kind of mom I wanted to be and, and present with my family. And I want to help other moms do that by uh, helping them grow their business so that they can have that successful, fulfilling career and be that present parent at home. Yeah, definitely. I, I really like the story behind why you decided to go out on your own, because I think it's something that a lot of moms can really identify with. I know it's why I decided to go out on my own as well, just to kind of have that extra white space in my calendar and be able to focus on my family when I really wanted to. I think it's, 
especially in America, I think that there isn't, um, like we don't have a traditional maternity leave policy mm. and we don't have a lot of resources for working moms. I mean, if you think about what's happening with COVID, like the number of moms that have had to leave their jobs, like regardless of everything that's happening with job loss, like moms that have had mm. to choose to leave their jobs so that they could be more present at home. Like there's just, there isn't, a, there aren't a lot of resources out there. And I've seen, as I've started this journey, like I have seen so many moms who have made the decision to start their own business so that they can have that success and that fulfillment within their career while also having that balance and being able to be more present, whether their child is at home with them or in, in daycare or in school, like right. there's just so much more balance that we can have. I, I it's, it's unfortunate, but at the same time, it is also really amazing when you look at the numbers of mom and women-owned businesses out there today how many of us are going that route and creating this this career for ourselves yeah for sure i mean social media i think is one of the first stops of a lot of small businesses and entrepreneurs when they're first getting started obviously it's free and you see it all the time from other people so like logically you just kind of jump and say okay this is where i'm going to start but when it comes to paying for social media ads, like that's a whole different ballgame. And it's something that I get asked about a lot by clients of mine. Now, I run my own personal social media, but I would not run somebody else's simply because it's not my area of expertise. So like I'm fine spending my own money and experimenting with my own money. I would never <laughs> charge someone and be like, yeah, I can, I can do that for you. And so what I do is I try to connect them with people who are experts in this, but I like to be able to give them advice and say like, here's what you should expect going into it. So help me understand, you know, when somebody is getting started in social media ads and you see it all the time, like, oh, you can you can build a social media budget or an advertising budget on $5 a day. And like Facebook recommends that even. But really, if I'm thinking about running ads, what should my budget be? Yeah, I think a lot of people have that question. And it is it is a loaded question. It's really hard. I think if there was a magic number everyone would be doing social media ads and you know jumping on board um unfortunately that's not the case but there's there are some guidelines that we can you know can consider i typically recommend starting between 500 to a thousand dollars and starting to test a month and test it out from there however it really does depend on what you're trying to do you you know when you look at you know facebook blueprint and look at some of the startup and small business guides that they have they could they talk about you know the five dollar a day budget now you can test things out for five dollars a day but there's a lot to keep in mind there and you're going to want to have just one audience with one goal and really just focus on something like driving traffic um, or driving reach within that small, very small niche audience if you're gonna go with a really small budget, like $5 a day. Um, with a 500 to $1,000 a month budget, that's where you can really start to think about, okay, what is my, you know, what is my target audience? How can I break that down to really customize my message so I'm speaking to that one person and giving them an, a reason to, to buy or to follow or to, do whatever it is that I'm trying to get them to do um, by 
sharing an example that's specific to them and break that out over, you know, across my audience. For example, if you're trying to reach moms, moms have a lot of interest and have a lot of different needs based on the different, you know, age of their their children or stage of life. And so if you break it down based on how you can support whatever it is that need is based on their age of child or stage of life or whatever it is that your product or service um, goes to, you're going to want to spend a little bit more money so that you can sufficiently fund those that audience. Um, you also have to keep in mind that the first time you send a message to someone doesn't mean they're going to necessarily take an action right away. Uh, and when they do take the initial action, they don't may not take the full action you want them to take. So you have to factor in frequency. You have to factor in the ability to retarget them once they've gotten to your website, but maybe didn't you know, take the next step that you wanted them to take. So there's, there's a lot of factors. And with a, a slightly larger budget, you can really build out a full strategy to ensure you're funding all of those audiences a full funnel strategy. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't test it out with smaller numbers. So it really, it does come down to what you are trying to accomplish. And you're just starting out, you know, as marketers, we, we know all of these things and we know kind of all of the backend work that goes into it. But, you know, sometimes when you're just starting out and you're a small business and you don't have any experience with these, you don't necessarily know and that $500 you're talking about, or that that's, that's just your ad spend. That's not the money that you're going to have to also pay someone for their time to set these things up and, and do it for you. So then if I'm someone who wants to try this, but I'm not at a level where I feel like I can pay someone to do it for me, is it like a should I wait and wait until I can pay somebody to do it? Is it something that I can learn and look into myself and kind of figure out the strategy and the audiences and like all of the things that you're talking about? Or like, what advice would you give someone? So I think there's a couple of things. One, um, a piece of advice somebody gave to me when I was just starting my business was if you aren't willing to invest in yourself, someone's not going to be willing to invest in you. So go in knowing when you're starting a business that like you're going to have to invest something. Now, it doesn't mean that you may be able to invest you know, everything you, you necessarily would want to, but know that you're going to have to invest something so that you can get started in this. If you can't afford to have someone manage your, your programs, uh, I, I know I've talked to a lot of, of startups that aren't at that stage. There are a lot of resources out there. Um, there's courses and I'm, I'm launching a course early next year. Um, there's a lot of other courses out there. Um, there are some free resources. Facebook does have some information out there. You can use Facebook blueprint and their resources to start to get started on your own. I would say, and I talk a little bit about this and some, I um, share a lot of information on my Instagram account, but Creating a strategy like really starts with your audience. So understand who your audience is and don't feel like you need to go so broad with your audience. Yeah. Figure out, you know, who they are. What are some of the key things that you can solve for your audience? What is that, that challenge that your product or service solves for them and how can you speak to them and make sure that you have, you know, who you want to target, how you're going to talk to them and and focus there first and leverage Facebook's tools. 
So you can go in to their audience tool and get a sense for how big that audience is mm -hmm. so that you can understand maybe do I need to niche this down a little bit more so that my five or $10 a day budget can spread a little bit further. You have to play around with it and it, it can be really challenging when you don't have any background at all. And so that's where I really think it is helpful to find somebody that has that background that can work with you, whether it's through a course or a Facebook group or any sort of resources. If you can't afford a managed service, right. having that assistance really does make a difference. Totally. So I think it's, I think it's definitely something that you, you just kind of have to have an understanding and you have to have an idea in your head and a prioritization of like, here's when I'm going to start investing in this. You know, you, you may do it yourself in the beginning, but once you get to a certain level, like you're going to want to outsource it or something like that. And I think it's really just having that in your head, understanding when, what that time frame is for you. And then just kind of level setting your expectations because going in on a super cheap budget while you can do that like you said it's really just um it may not give you the results that you're looking for so you just really kind of have to understand that going in absolutely i i've seen a lot of people talk about how oh facebook ads don't work or this is you know this is really hard and there's too much it's too complicated or this that and the other and it's like if you don't spend the time to understand how to create a strategy and how it really works, it can be really difficult, really overwhelming, or it's also not going to work for you. Um, you can't just throw money out there to everyone and anyone and expect to get something back. You have yeah. to have a strategy. And it's, I know it can be hard to hear when you're like, I just want to, you know, put some money out there and I want to get the results back. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't always work that way. Um, another piece of advice someone gave me that I kind of goes hand in hand with what I mentioned earlier is like, you have to figure out like how much is your time worth? Yeah. So if you're going to try to DIY something, you have to commit to like, okay, I'm going to research. How do I create a strategy? I'm going to research how to run the ads. I'm going to research how to create the, like the programs and all of this stuff and spend the time taking time away from what you're trying to actually do for your business, whatever your product or service is and whatever your, the areas of, of your business that you enjoy, you're going to have to dedicate some of that time to learning how to do this and doing it on your own. And how much is that time going to cost you? Yeah. You may not be actually spending money, but you might be, I don't want to say losing money, but you're, yeah, you're taking time and energy away from things that could be moving the needle for you and making you money because you're diverting your time and your energy over here to this other area that isn't necessarily like in your wheelhouse or your strength. Exactly. And so you have to evaluate, is it worth my time to spend all that time and effort on learning how to do this and DIYing it myself? Or is it worth it to go to somebody and either take a course or get some consulting or have someone manage it for me? Yeah, that's something that I knew going into starting my business, but, you know, honestly, I've, I've dabbled in ads a little bit, but it's not something that I 
love doing social media in general is just not something that is my favorite thing to do. It's not where my strengths lie. And honestly, if I could hire out anything, if I could have an employee or I could outsource anything right now, social media would totally be it. So I think there's really three points that you're either at in your business. You're either ready to spend the money and invest. You, It's something that you're going to invest in to learn how to do yourself, the DIY route, or you're going to just simply wait. So it's really about assessing where my strengths lie, what I'm comfortable spending, and what time I'm willing to invest in. And if you're willing to spend the time to learn, then go for it. It's not about just creating a pretty ad and loading it into Facebook Ads Manager and thinking that you're just going to start making money. Right, exactly. Like it is going to take time to learn how to do it, whether you're completely DIYing it and going through Facebook Blueprint to do it on your own or finding other resources or you're taking a a course that has resources to help you ask your questions or you're going to somebody like it's going to take time. Um, and yeah, there, I wouldn't say there's necessarily a stage in your business. It, it really comes down to like the, the financial aspect, the comfort aspect, like you, you could start running ads, you know, the minute you say, okay, I'm setting my, my website live and I'm ready to go. Um, you know, as long as you have your, a place to drive and you know, drive people and you know who you're trying to target, you can get started, but you want to make sure you're doing it right. You know, you don't just want to throw money at the wall because it's, it's not going to come back. So obviously Facebook and Instagram are a lot of people's first stop when they're starting out, but I'm actually a really big fan of Pinterest because you can get really good organic reach that you can't get with Facebook and Instagram when you're starting out. Cause it's just, it's not in the cards when when you're a small business starting out. It's not. You are going to reach <laughs> less than 2% of your, like 2 to 5% roughly of your existing followers. Right. And it takes time to build that audience. So right. Facebook and Instagram, yeah, it's it's a, a rough go organically these days. With Pinterest, you can get some really good organic reach. So like I use Tailwind because they have some really great features that help expand this this organic reach for you. So I've got pins that I've put out that have 80, 90, 120,000 views, which far surpasses anything that I could do on Facebook or Instagram at the moment. And it's just so much easier to get that organic reach with Pinterest. And the other thing that I found really interesting about Pinterest is that like 80% of the people say that they think that ads on Pinterest are relevant to them. Like 80% is huge. No one ever says that they like ads. But I found, so I've dabbled in Pinterest ads, I found that is really difficult to get them approved. And I think it comes down to the URL that you point them to. They obviously want it to be valid and the text ratio. So is that it? Are the are those the two things or am I missing something? Yes. <laughs> those are the, yes, those are the two biggest reasons that ads will get rejected. Um, some things, and I'd have to go back and double check. I, um, I can send you a link to include in the show notes on this, on some of the, um, yeah. Pinterest guides. Um, the, I always send when I'm like working in, in like 
all aspects of my career, I've done this of like sending a link to the specs that's directly from the platform website over like mm -hmm. creating pretty spec sheets because these platforms change their specs yeah. all the time. And so even things like Canva, like they try to keep up with it, but yeah. if there's something that's slightly off, it's, it's not going to work. So you're better off making sure that like you're plugging in the exact specs when you're creating something. Um, so yeah, specs is a big thing, making sure that you have the right um, ratio. Uh, if it's even slightly off, it's not going to work. Yeah. With the URL, um, a lot of times it's, it comes down to the, um, like the display URL doesn't match the domain URL. So if you have like a vanity, oh. that can okay. cause an issue. Yeah, so I learned early on that the domain thing was kind of it because so through my email platform, I build landing pages for my lead magnets and I would put that in as the URL destination and Pinterest was like, ah, ah, ah. So I think that's really what it comes down to and I'm not too bothered by it in all honesty. Like it was early on and I just kind of wanted to dabble and see if I could, um, but it's something, again, it falls into the ads category of like things that I'd rather just outsource. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people do. I mean, I've even had that with, um, I'll create something in Canva, even for Instagram and I'll plug it into, um, later, which I use for scheduling yeah. and it'll tell me like, Hey, this isn't correct. So I'll have to go in and resize it to make sure it's the right size. So finicky. It, it, especially with like the Instagram is really finicky with like certain industries. So I've done been working a lot with like the fitness and wellness industry. And I had a client who was like, I'm trying to talk to new moms about how to get their like body after baby back, but it keeps rejecting my ads. And it's because of the way, like the imagery and the words, I was reading this, this one article about like how to, you know, work with the algorithms on this because they they are so particular and the the restrictions on that industry is are just so specific and if you think about it it's actually it makes a lot of sense you know they they want people to feel good when they're engaging yep. with different pieces of content and so you have to find a way to make things like weight loss or getting healthier body after baby or things like that sound positive versus, right, right. you know, making someone feel bad about their body, bad about right. whatever they're doing. Um, and so it's, it's really interesting. And it's, it's, it's another one of those things that like, if you're trying to DIY it, like you really have to, it's not just about doing the research on how to set up the ad, how to create the content, how to, you know, create your strategy. It's also about what are the rules I have to follow when I'm creating yeah. my messaging? Yeah. So that's, that's really interesting. And I think it's something that people don't really know is that there's a lot of reasons that your ad can get rejected. And when it does, you know, Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest, they don't necessarily like come back and tell you like, hey, you know, your ad didn't build someone up. The new mom who might see it would actually like feel down on herself because of it. You know, they just kind of come back with this like blanket rejection of 
sorry, <laughs> you violated like one of our terms and conditions or our standards. Right. It's literally going to just tell you that, you know, this might have violated one of our policies and it's going to link you back to it. And you're going to have to figure out what policy you might have violated. And if you don't know the background, it can be hard to figure out, you know, what did I do wrong? So shifting gears just a little bit, how do you decide what platform is the right one to be on when you're thinking about placing paid ads? Yes. Okay. So I get this question a lot, especially working with startups and new businesses. Like you, you want to make some people are like, I want to be everywhere. And it's like, that's great. But one, where, where's your audience? That's the first thing you have to figure out. Where's your audience Two, let's, if your audience is on multiple platforms, which they likely are, but where, where do you want to focus your spending? Unless you have a ton of money to spend across both the platforms and let's even say you have, you know, $2,000 a month and you're confident spending, you know, $1,000 on Instagram and $1,000 on Pinterest. You have to figure out like, does that make sense to spread that money out across multiple platforms or is it better for you to go all in on one? Think about your bandwidth, think about, you know, the, the effort that you're willing to put in. There's just so much that goes into it. So my advice is always if unless you feel like unless you're they're doing a managed service and you have a solid amount of money to support um you know multiple platforms if you're going to do it on your own focus on one figure out where your audience is i typically recommend starting with instagram facebook and instagram it's it's one set so like um you don't have to have separate budgets or anything for for both of them um just focus on that first see if it how it works for you and then once you start to get some results, or if you're seeing like, this is just not working for me, then start to think about adding in other platforms. But I don't go in thinking like, I need to be, uh, you know, I need to do everything and, you know, do it all at once. Like start slow and figure out what works before you commit to going all in on multiple platforms. So one thing I want to know, like as you've been talking, as you start mentioning adding in platforms, your budget of that $500 and get split amongst them, you actually just add it on. So it's it's $500 for each channel. Yeah, that's per platform. <laughs> per platform. Right, right. Per platform. So then what makes ads successful? So I really find that customizing your message with your audience is the key to a successful ads campaign. Um, and I can give you a couple of examples of how I've done this with my, you know, the clients I've worked with as well as in my own life. Like, you know, I, I worked on um, a health food campaign where we took this one message, it was the same imagery, but we customized the keywords and some of the copy overlay based on some of the, um, the different dietary benefits. So if it was low carb, we had, you know, one message that was focused on low carb and we had an ad group that was focused on low carb. Um, same with like aligning it to fitness. So people that were really interested in fitness and we had like a, you know, this um, copy overlays and text that was focused on like a, being a good post-workout snack or meal, things like that. So really aligning the messaging with the audience you're going after as opposed to having one big audience with one general message. If you hone in on that, um, 
that kind of, you can have a more of like a one-to-one -one conversation while you're also getting a ton of scale and having more of that one-to-many conversation. Um, another example that was specific to my, me from my personal life and one of the reasons I um, started working closely with the, you know, people in the fitness and wellness industry is I, when I was pregnant, I was struggling to find a workout for, you know, that transition from my, in, throughout my pregnancy, I was, you know, I had kind of left behind the workouts I was doing. So they were a little bit more intense. And I was finding a lot of the stuff that was out there just like was, was not really for me. And then I, one day I was targeted by, um, by bar three. They, they have a great strategy and they sent me a message with uh, a pregnant person in the video. They had messaging that was specific to, you know, having a fitness journey throughout your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I have, you know, my son is 15 months old and I still take their classes. Like I became a, a, a member of their, of their platform throughout my right. pregnancy and beyond because they really spoke to the needs I had yeah. at that time. Um, I've seen tons of businesses that have, they can break their messaging out to different groups, but they instead just go with one message and they don't see the same results. So when you mm -hmm. tie that entire messaging to your audience and you find ways to, to segment it, you can have so much more success. Absolutely. So I am a super big fan of having a really strong brand going in to any advertising that you're going to do, because I believe that's how you resonate or find a way to resonate with your ideal customer. So I'm a really big fan of key messages because when you think about like who your ideal target is, your ideal customer, you know, you might have a few different people. You might have, if you're targeting moms, you might have a mom who has a business idea, but she hasn't started anything yet. You might have a mom who is in the very, very early startup stages and then you might have a mom who's owned her business for a while, but it's stagnant and she knows she needs to grow it in some way. And having those key messages that speaks to their individual challenges and places or points that they're at in their businesses really makes the ad, I think, more successful and really just helps you speak to them in a way that feels very personal to them. And so then going into your advertising, like you know who you need to talk to and who you need to reach and you're not spending money learning your target audience. Absolutely. I mean, it really is such an important part of you know, having a business and especially when you start to market it is like really understanding your audience, understanding, you know, how you the example you just gave was so perfect. Like it's the same, you know, if you at a broad level like moms who are starting a business, but when you break it down to the different stages, a different message is going to resonate with each of those stages. And, you know, same thing goes with, you know, workouts or, you know, uh, uh, so many things. I mean, this really could, it runs the gamut of like any industry, regardless of, you know, what your offer, your product or services, like if you break, think about the different things that your business could solve for someone based on, you know, whether it's where they are in their life or journey or, you know, business or, you know, whatever need they have on, you know, X, Y, Z day, 
having that custom message just helps it resonate with them so much more and makes them more likely to take that desired action. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So if you don't know those things, figuring them out ahead of time is really just super helpful and makes your ads that much more successful. So last question, and this is something that advertisers, especially those who um, work in paid social, have kind of been, you know, a little bit on edge about recently is this change that Apple is making to their privacy policy. And it's it's got Facebook up in arms, um, which, you know, I think is kind of funny uh, because Facebook doesn't necessarily, their policy is really aren't necessarily very favorable to small businesses. And so they're kind of playing up this change in Apple's privacy policy, um, saying that's really going to hurt small businesses. So if if you haven't heard, as a listener, if you haven't heard what this is, basically like Apple at the start of the year um, changed their privacy policy so that users have to opt in to a certain level of tracking where previously they didn't have to do that. And Facebook claims this is going to be like super damaging to small businesses because they're not going to be able to effectively like target the way that they used to and get in front of as many people as they used to. And Apple is saying, hey, we just want you to be able to like opt in and know how your data is being shared. Now, it it's it hasn't been being shared you know, in any kind of nefarious or um, negative ways, I don't believe. But I do believe that people don't necessarily understand exactly how all of their data gets shared. So it's really kind of this like interesting little juxtaposition here. Um, But I think the burning question is, what impact truly is this going to have on small businesses? Yeah. So there's so much information out there about this, but, um, I actually, um, I've had some conversations with some folks over at Facebook, um, as well on this. So the, the latest that I've heard about it is, well, this, this is going to impact some of the data. It's not all. So yes, you will have to opt into certain data sharing, but it doesn't impact like data that technically Facebook owns. So if you take an action on Facebook, mm-hmm. that is what's, um, that's what goes into their interest targeting. So if you interact with, um, you know, a food video that is going, Facebook is going to put you in an interested in food category. Um, if you interact with a workout video, it's going to put you in interested in fitness category and so on and so forth. So, but what it, it's no, what it, the thing that's going to be challenging to track unless you opt into it is if you, you know, when you sign into an app using Facebook, Facebook then gets data for the activities you take on that app. So if you sign into a recipe app using your Facebook login, but you never interact with any food videos or recipe videos on Facebook. Previously, Facebook would still get the data from the app that you signed into with your Facebook login, and they would still be able to categorize you as interested in food. The sharing from app to app is what they're now saying you need permission for. 
mm -hmm. or per permission for the platforms to do. So if you don't opt into that permission, Facebook will not categorize you as interested in food unless you take an action while on Facebook. That's okay. going to be the biggest challenge. Right, right. It's also going to primarily impact ads that Facebook powers on those apps. So their Facebook powers ads off their own platform as well. And um, it's their audience network. So when you're setting up your ads and won't go too complicated into this for those <laughs> who haven't done it yet, but you have the opportunity to opt into different placements and there's an audience network placement that is allows you to have your ads that is, are not shown like within the Facebook or Instagram interface. That's the one that's going to be the most impacted by this data change. Yeah, totally. So again, I think the juxtaposition of this is, is really interesting, but I guess kind of listening to you talk about it, one of the questions that I have is like, if I am a business that is going to just rely, a small business is going to rely on organic reach and I can't now get in front of, because that organic reach is like 2%, like you mentioned earlier, 2 to 4%, I can't get in front of people who might be interested unless they're like specifically seeking me out. And so then how does Facebook know to target them or let them know about my page? Like, so I do, I do kind of understand where Facebook is coming from with this. It's just, it feels like a little bit of like the chicken and the egg scenario. Like, is there something that I'm missing here? No, not necessarily. I mean, it could also be interacting with paid ads too. So it's really anything on their platform, but it, you're not, you're certainly not wrong in that, that thinking either. I mean, it's Facebook's algorithm is Facebook relies so much on the data, not just on their own data that you're taking on their platform, but they rely heavily on the data from these other, these third-party mm -hmm. apps as well. So it does have an impact. It's, it's not as grand as I think they're making it seem, yeah. um, at least from what I've heard from it. But there, like I said, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, I think a lot of companies are kind of freaking out about the Apple piece. There's, um, there's some other, you know, cookie changes happening, um, that are going to be impacting data. And so I think, um, the need to be able to allow consumers to interact with contextually relevant or contextually interested data, um, or not data, um, content to be able to collect that data. It, it you, we might see some changes to the algorithm as a result of, of, needing to increase their their own data. I, I don't know I, for sure, but it'll definitely be an interesting thing to watch to see how things change over the next couple of months. So I know this kind of poses like this philosophical or ethical debate that I see a lot in the marketing groups that I'm a part of, which is like, you know, where do we draw this line? There is a lot of information that gets shared so that we can do our jobs effectively, and I don't think it's used inappropriately most of the time, a lot of the time. And, but I also know a lot of marketers that are like, yeah, you know, every, every setting I can change to prevent data tracking on me, I change. Whereas like, 
I look at it and I go, I like the ads that I get. They're relevant to me. I find a lot of cool new products. So it doesn't necessarily bother me. And because I know how the data is being used, I'm not, I'm not like weirded out by it. But I do understand where like if you're an average person and you don't know how it gets used, or even if you do know how it gets used and you just aren't comfortable with it, like you you want to be able to change that and understand or know where your information is going and how it's being used. Right. I think it's like there are definitely some platforms that maybe use the data in not the best ways, but when you use it to give somebody a message that's going to be relevant to something they're interested in, as opposed to getting a message, you know, that's completely irrelevant to them, like it, which would you rather see? Like, do you want to be served messaging for you're going to, your ads aren't going away. Right. right. So you have to think about like, you know, do you want a message for something that might be useful to you? Or do you want a message that you could not like you could care less about? Yeah. I've had the same conversation with my best friend. She owns her own small business and she like loathes advertising. Like, just loathes it. And I always tell her like, you know, if you're finding the right people at the right place at the right time, like people will be okay with your ads and they might even enjoy them. Like, again, I like the ads I get because they're so targeted and they're so relevant to me that I find all of these, again, I find all of these cool products that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. Like I think back to when we were thinking about having another kid and so I started and Facebook obviously knows and sees that I have kids already and maybe it just kind of assumed that I wasn't done but I started seeing ads for these pregnancy leggings and this was a long time before we even started getting pregnant but I, I started clicking on them and saving them because I knew we were going to have another kid and I didn't want to forget about them. And they turned out to be like the best pregnancy leggings ever. Like I lived in them through my entire pregnancy and I would have missed those otherwise. So I I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do this if I didn't, you know, truly believe in it. And I, both from what I've seen with the clients I've worked on throughout my career and like my own personal experience with getting social media ads, like I have found so many amazing products and services. My business, like I, when I wanted to start my business, I had the idea. I thought about it for a long time, but I, I didn't know where to begin. And then I was served an ad about starting an online business around Facebook ads. And I was like, oh my God, maybe this is my sign. If I hadn't seen that, I don't know when I would have made that leap. Right. And right. so it's, there's just so many things like it really Yes, it can be kind of scary when you think about it, especially if you're not in the industry, like how much data there is out there, but it's not being used to harm you. Like it's really about giving you a customized experience that's tailored to the things that you're interested in and looking for. Yeah. And that was kind of the like point that I made to my friend is that, you know, when you find these people and you target them with the right message and it's at a time that feels really relevant to them, you know, it just kind of, they will 
they will appreciate it or they won't, at the very least, they won't be bothered by it. You know, if it's totally out of left field, you know, like when my husband was getting targeted for the same pregnancy leggings that I was getting targeted for, he was like, what the heck? And it was was totally annoyed by it. But if, you know, you're hitting the people, the right people at the right time with the right message, it really, like you said, it makes that experience customized and they're not annoyed by it. Likely they find value in it. And if they don't, at the very least, like they just keep scrolling past it and you know, you, you haven't done your brand any harm necessarily. So this has been a really great conversation. I genuinely appreciate it. If listeners want to connect with you, where, tell us where they find you. How do they connect? Yes. So my website is 916media.com. 916 is spelled out. I'm 916media on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, I give a lot of great information on my Instagram account. I'm actually going to be launching a series in January on Tuesdays um, all about retargeting your audience. So definitely um, tune into that. Um, And I um, have all my services on my website, but I offer both Uh, managed services as well as trainings and I am launching a course in early 2021 and you can sign up to be on the wait list for the beta program on my website. Well thank you for your time and all of this great information today. It's been really awesome having you here. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a great conversation. Of course, of course. All right. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Samantha. I know I learned a ton of information and a ton of new things about paid social media advertising. And it's it's been so good for me. And I hope that you have taken something away that you are able to use or implement as you try to brand or market your business out there. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up or hit up Samantha and get those questions out to us. And of course, if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to Startup Marketing to help other women like you find this podcast. Until next time.